you know, I had some buddies, I still have some buddies that want to get into duplexes and stuff like that. And they, they can't finance or they think they can't get money. And I said, there's always ways to get money. Welcome to the House Hacking Success Podcast, where you'll learn the path to free rent and financial freedom through real estate. Featuring your hosts, Brad Labrie and Drew Klingler. Welcome to the House Hacking Success Podcast. My name is Brad here with my co-host, Drew. What's up, Brad? How's everyone doing? Doing great, man. Doing great. Today, we got a great friend of mine, Grant Snyder, on the podcast. He's an investor. He's a real estate agent. But most importantly, he's been house hacking for the last seven years. He's going to talk to you and I about his wealth of knowledge in the industry and how you can do it as well. Yeah, Grant is a... Very experienced in house hacking. He's rented out to college students. He's going to talk about his experience renting to college students, what it's like renting out individual rooms, and his process for that. He's also going to talk about how being a real estate agent has improved his investing. And Grant, on top of all that, has a nine to five job. He's going to talk to you a little bit about how using a local bank, which he worked for, to get creative with his financing and how that local bank gave him so many things that most big banks wouldn't. Yep. And a little bit about what it's like to have a nine to five job and be a real estate agent. Absolutely. I think you guys are going to really, really enjoy today's podcast. Yep. It's a good one. Without further ado, here's Grant. All right, cool. Welcome to the show, Grant. We appreciate hey, you being you. on here. Yeah, welcome uh, to the show. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Like I said, this is a new experience for me. So uh, happy to share uh, what experiences I have and hopefully that can help someone listening or watching. For sure, man. For sure. So uh, I know a little bit about your background. Tell us a little bit about how you got into real estate, house hacking. Um, yeah, I, I'll start just uh, with a little background. Uh, both my parents were teachers, uh, so you know, education was always important to me. But um, outside of that, my dad did a lot of real estate. Um, he had his license. Didn't use the license that much, but uh, he had a group of three or four friends that had quite a few properties in the greater Lansing area. Um, so I always saw that growing up and just kind of had that entrepreneur mindset. Um, and so then when I went to college, uh, kind of got hit with, uh, Hey, we're pregnant. <laughs> and so that's kind of where my first house act came from was just, uh, I was forced to find a living situation for my then fiance and I. <clears throat> that, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. And uh, yeah. where was that house at? Uh, that was in Big Rapids. So I was in my freshman year up at Fair State. Uh, like I said, got hit with the, hey, you got to be an adult sooner than uh, sooner than you planned. Um, and so we found a house, uh, single family, three bed, two bath, uh, finished basement, um, pretty nice neighborhood. Uh, and then we moved into that and it was me, like I said, my then fiance uh, and then her mother. Uh, and so they were both, I owned the house, uh, and then they were both paying essentially rent in a way. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. So just renting out rooms, the house hack? Yeah, essentially. And so, yeah. um, like I said, her mother lived there, uh, paid me a portion of uh, what I would call rent to help pay for utilities and stuff like that. And then um, once we separated, they moved out, and uh, I had a buddy move in with me that was actually going to Fair State at the time, too. And so he just kind of filled that void for that income portion of it. Very awesome. cool. Yep. Awesome. And yeah. you sense saving a ton of money and, and uh, saving whatever, you're able to save whatever you make from your job. Yeah, basically. And so I actually uh, got set up. Uh, I was helping coach basketball at the time. 
and uh, the manager of a local bank approached me and uh, said he had a job for me. And so while I was going to Ferris, uh, continuing my education, uh, I worked as a teller and then moved my way up in the bank a little bit. And so I was working at the bank, saving what I could there. I had my buddy paying for half of the house, essentially. Uh, And then my dad uh, basically said, as long as I was in college, he'd pay for my housing. And so he was paying for that portion of that. So I actually had no housing expenses at that time. That's awesome, nice. man. Free ride. Yeah. That's great. Yep, absolutely. And so uh, just to back step a little bit, uh, when I did find out I was having my daughter um, to finance that first house, uh, we actually pulled out a home equity loan on my parents' house. Uh, and so that's how we got that house. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, so did so- you pay for it? You took out a home equity line. Did you pay for it cash then? Or did yeah. you still finance a portion of it? Nope. We took out home equity. I think it was... Uh, the house was 70000 took that out of the home equity and just essentially paid for that house in cash, yeah. And for someone not familiar with the home equity line, what would that look like? Uh, uh, yeah, so my parents, uh, they actually, I grew up on a lake here in Michigan and they still live there. So they had their lake house and uh, I don't think it was paid off. I don't know 100% of the finances on their side, but essentially uh a bank's going to be able to loan you up to 80% probably of the value of the house. Uh, and then you can take that 80% and subtract whatever they still owe on it. And that's how much the bank is willing to give you. Um, obviously they were able to pull 70 grand out of that house. Uh, and we had a $510 uh, payment on that. So basically took that out, paid for the new house in cash. And that was our, house payment on that new house was $510. That's payment. awesome. That's awesome. Yep. That's great. And, and roughly what year was that? Uh, that would have been 20, uh, beginning of 2012, like February, January, or February awesome. of 2012. Awesome. Yep. That, that's a great time to be in the market. Yes. Yep. No, it was good. Uh, and so we bought that single family residence, but like I said, I had a variation of different people living there at different times, uh, paying me rent. I, I wish I could remember how much, but I mean, it was, it was three or $400. Uh, and so, like I said, my dad said he matched the difference. And so he was just paying, you know, a hundred or a couple hundred bucks a month to pay for my portion of that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. Absolutely. So yeah, that's just, I mean, I look back at that and think, uh, you know, I had some buddy, I still have some buddies that want to get into duplexes and stuff like that. And they they can't finance or they think they can't get money. And I said, there's always ways to get money. That's, you know, fortunately for me, I had parents that were good financially and have this house and they could take out equity on it. Um, but some people never think of that, you know, it's, I, you know, and I paid them for that and I, and, you know, I've paid the money back since, but that's just a creative way where I couldn't go to the bank and get a typical loan for that single family residence. I didn't have any credit to my name. Um, but working with my parents and getting that equity loan allowed us to get that house. That's awesome. That's awesome. Which, yep. Absolutely. So, and that kind of spurred everything in motion from there. Exactly. <laughs> and where there's a will, there's a way, right. And right. Uh, I know yeah. I've used a lot of creative financing as well. And that's an opposite, you know, that's a point of entrance that a lot of people get blocked at is financing. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I go look at the house and I find the deals and then I, I figure out how to buy it after that. That's awesome. Cool. Yep. So you're running to uh, mostly students. What was that like? 
Um, so yeah, after that single family, well, not after, I shouldn't say I was still living there. Um, I had my buddy who I knew from high school, he was a student. Uh, uh, and so he rented from me technically a student. Um, and then while we were living there and I was working at the bank, I found, uh, another property, which would be my second property that ended up buying. Um, and that was, uh, that was purely a student rental, um, found it on the MLS, not it sat there quite a while um not a lot of interest on it i'm not really sure uh, but i saw opportunity brought my dad up just because he going forward i mean we were basically using that home equity and so he was going to be my partner brought him up to big rapids showed him what we'd be working with uh needed about 20 25 grand of work uh converted a half bath upstairs into a full bath uh, converted a weird little kitchenette they had up there, tore that out and made that a fourth bedroom. And so then we turned it into a four bed, two bath, which uh, in Big Rapids, if it's zoned right, uh, can be four students and they can be paying you per room. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And what is that zoning? Was it zoned right or did you have to uh, go before mm-hmm. the local municipality and, and get that changed? Nope. So it was zoned. Uh, there was R1, R2, and R3. I forget the technicalities. This was R2, and I think maybe some people didn't really understand the zoning, uh, but R2 says there can be up to uh, four unrelated uh, family, non-family members living in that unit or that house. Awesome. And, and so that's how we were able to do that. That's cool. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too, when you get to zoning and you try to pick out where you want your rentals and stuff like that. Big Rapids, uh, you have to pay for your rent certificate and you have to be in the right zoning and they come and inspect it every year. But other than that, they're super lackadaisical compared to like some of the Lansing areas and stuff that I've not personally had rentals in. But I know from being an agent, people just bang their head against the wall trying to deal with these uh these ordinances and stuff like that. But big rapids was very lack, like lackadaisical in a good sense. They took care of it. And then they just kind of allowed you to, as long as you were keeping your property up, do what you wanted to do. Awesome. Yeah. So what'd you, uh, what'd you rent those rooms out for each? Uh, so we bought that house for, uh, 60,000. Uh, like I said, we put about 20 grand into it. Um, and then we were able to rent those rooms out at three seventy five a piece. Okay. Did you just do a flat rate, uh, no utilities, or was utilities split among the uh, tenants? Nope. So everything, uh, three seventy five was uh, just their rent, uh, and well, I paid the city bill, which would be water, sewer, and trash uh, okay. in Big Rapids. So I was paying that. Other than that, uh, cable, internet, uh, heat, electricity, lawn, snow. That's all. Their, that was all their responsibility. Okay, cool. I like that. Um, and how were the leases written up? Was it did you have them all sign the same lease, or because you're renting individual rooms, did they each have an individual lease? Uh, so it was one lease. Um, looking back on it, <laughs> my I'm a better investor than I am a landlord. I'll say that. Up front. <laughs> uh, and I'm still learning uh, with my triplex that I live in currently, um, and I've gotten a lot better. But uh, it probably wasn't the best lease in the world, but it was one lease. All four students were on it. Uh, that way, excuse me, if one uh, dropped out of college and skipped town, uh, the other three were responsible for that that portion of the rent still. Okay, yeah, add some accountability to the other guy or 
Right. Yep. And I never yeah. had anyone. I never had anyone have a problem with that. Well, that's good. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So now that you're in this triplex, uh, what was the transition to that? What was the process to that? And uh, how did you finance that deal? Uh, so there were some uh, other houses in between that one and this triplex, uh, just another rental property up in Big Rapids and then a single family home that I tried to live in and flip and kind of lost some money on that one. Um, but this triplex was basically just uh, financed regular as you would uh, finance any other house. Uh, it was a, you know, it's a 30 year fixed rate mortgage uh, through the bank that I currently work at, but I'm, will be leaving soon. Um, and that was something I wanted to mention too. You guys talked about financing and stuff like that. The bank I worked at for in Big Rapids and then the current bank that I work at right now, both are local small town community banks. And th that is, that's a must if you want creative financing. Um, they they make exceptions, and and when I say they make exceptions, like they literally, if they know different situations, they will make exceptions, and then they note that for the auditors saying, you know, this isn't normally what we would do, but we're making this exception because, and at the time it was because I worked there and they knew that my income would be be good. But um, so normally our program at the bank currently that I work at. Uh, would be a 30-year fixed rate for a duplex, uh, one to two unit. Uh, but they made the exception and allowed that financing for three units. Because uh, normally over the two units, I would have had to have a business loan or commercial loan on this, which would be 20 years, and I would have had to put 20% down. But I was only I was able to only put 10% down on this. Wow. So how would a, a normal individual approach a small town bank and try to get get creative with them? Would you, would you have any uh, suggestions for them? Yeah, I mean, you really just have to approach lenders. And if it's your first home uh, and you don't have much experience, it's a little harder. But if you've been doing it for a little bit and have some uh, references to work that you've done in the past, uh, like so now I could go to a small town community bank and just show them uh, my rental history and all, all my landlording history and such. And they might be able to work with me on something to make a deal work because that's ultimately a bank's making money by lending money out. They get interest off that money they're lending out. Mm -hmm. That's how they profit. So they want to lend you money. It's just finding the right situation where they feel comfortable and aren't at too much of a risk. So um, basically just go talk to a lender. Awesome. Awesome. Now I know you're an agent. What was yep. the inspiration to do that? How was the transition? Uh, I know I am as an agent as well as an investor yeah. like you. Uh, how has that transition been for you? And uh, I'm sure it's a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I absolutely love being an agent. Uh, you know, I've been reading a lot of things online as an investor. I just thought I wanted to be an investor. I didn't want to deal with being an agent. And then, you know, the stereotypical articles, uh, should you be an agent if you're an investor? Yes. Some people would argue yes. Some people would argue no. You know, I read that back and forth. And then eventually one day, um, kind of a a local family friend, uh, he'd had his broker's license for quite a while, but he was starting an exit franchise here uh, where I live. And he got talking to me. And so he really convinced me to get my license and made that final push for me to take my class and pass my test. And originally I just thought, hey, I'm going to be investing uh, 
kind of work the agent side on my deals that I do one or two a year. Um, that will pay for my license and it's worthwhile having. Um, but I've since done uh, a lot more with clients and I've really started to enjoy like uh, being a buyer's agent, being a seller's agent and just kind of the agent side of everything. How has it impacted your investing? Has it impacted it positively? Yeah, I would say it would. I mean, it just gets you, um, it just gets you in the right mindset. So like, uh, this morning I got looking around, uh, cause my fiance, uh, my daughter and I are looking to maybe make the transition out of the triplex here soon, uh, getting married next year and thinking down the road. And so we're thinking maybe we want to get into a single family house here soon. So I was looking, uh, today and then a foreclosure popped up on the MLS, got looking at it and I'm like, let's, let's just go look at that. I mean, it's, getting to be a nice fall afternoon, don't have much going like we do in the summer. I said, let's go look at that. I said, I'm meeting with these guys at 10. Uh, let's schedule it for noon. We'll go show that. Don't have to call an agent. Just boom, pop right over there. And it just keeps me in that investor mindset instead of sometimes where if I saw that foreclosure, I'd be like, well, I got to call an agent and then they got to see when they can get into it. And it just, it makes everything so much easier. Yeah, less friction. Yeah, yeah That's absolutely. Awesome. And it just allows me to know know more about what is going on. I don't have to rely on someone else to answer my questions. I can pull up all the MLS information. I can understand what the taxes are. I can understand, you know, just pretty much all the information is right there at my fingertips and I can get that without having to go through another party. That's great. Now I know there are probably a lot of people like you and I that want to travel a similar path that you are right now where possibly house hack for a little bit, get a duplex, a triplex or a fourplex, uh, right. and then ev eventually transition to a single family home to raise a family and, and have a wife and kids and whatever. Yeah. What is that? What do the numbers look like now for the triplex while you live there? And what will that cash flow look like once you move out and into a single family and you get someone rented into the unit you're in right now? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And that, that is a very popular path. I mean, if it was up for me, it was just me. I'm seeing if my fiance is around. If it was just <laughs> up to me, I'd probably house hack uh, the rest of my life. I don't mind it. I've, uh, since that very first single family home we talked about in Big Rapids uh, in 2012 until now, so that's seven years, uh, I've not had a living situation where I've not had uh, someone paying me money um whether awesome. it's a whether it's a roommate or like in this triplex or something like that so um it's just kind of in my nature and i don't mind it's awesome um but yeah the numbers uh right now on my triplex uh so i have a downstairs unit it's the whole downstairs of the house it's actually about 950 square feet so a uh, pretty big unit has high ceilings awesome. it, it's very comfortable for us right now um and then there's two units upstairs one is a two bedroom and one is a one bedroom uh, currently the two bedroom rents for six fifty a month. And then the one bedroom just finishing the remodeling now have a lady, uh, moving in in October and that will rent for five twenty five a month. Awesome. Uh, awesome. So right there. And then when we move out, uh, our, our unit haven't really thought about it too much yet, but, uh, hoping to get about seven seventy five eight hundred for our unit. Uh, so, awesome. All in will be eighteen fifty, nineteen hundred bucks a month uh, on this unit, uh, which again got a thirty year mortgage. I think uh, principal interest five. Ooh, excuse me, uh, six fifty a month, roughly, okay. for to make the mortgage payment and everything. Awesome. Uh, and then taxes, insurance on top of that. So um, 
I'm hoping to be cash flowing at least about 500 bucks a month out of this awesome. property. That's uh, great. Yep, once we move. <clears throat> which will directly help you with uh, whatever, you know, overhead you have at your new house. Yeah, awesome. absolutely. Yep. It just flows right into that. So, um, you know, I thought about, um, just like I said, I'm a better investor than I am a landlord, but, uh, you know, I've run the numbers on selling this place after we move just because, uh, my unit, when we came into it, I put about 15 grand into it, all new flooring, all new kitchen, um, just a lot of work into it. Uh, but it just doesn't make sense when you run the numbers. I mean, long term. I mean, it's in the community in which I live. Um, it just would be silly to not to take that cash flow and just take a quick profit and not take that cash flow. Um, and I guess some people have to look at priorities. Um, you know, I could probably sell it and clear forty five thousand. Uh, but when you think about it, they're paying my mortgage down, and that mortgage is not my money. Uh, my dad always says, you know, you're using other people's money. Um, that's what we've always said. And that's kind of our philosophy in our investing is just using other people's money. It doesn't cost us anything to have that mortgage and they're paying it down. Plus giving us some on top of that. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yep. It, it, that sounds like you have a great investment there. Yeah. Yep. And that's really uh, moving forward. Uh, you know, the big rapids uh, student rentals that I had were a good experience uh, by the time we were all said and done, uh, you know, they were cash flowing fine when we had them. Uh, but with some of the ways we financed them and got creative there, we had some debt. So, excuse me, when when we sold them, it's not like I was uh, cash rich and had all this money to spend. Um, we just escaped out of there with some, some extra cash and some good experience. But it's really this triplex that I hope to hold on to and kind of start that real foundation uh, to gain other rentals and create kind of a... A rental empire, if you will. That's awesome. <laughs> now, now yeah. real, real quick to step back, what was the process like searching for a multi-unit again, uh, something that you were really looking for cash flow? And what was the process like getting into this deal? You know, uh, how old is the home, some of the inspections, some of the things you had to do? Yeah, so this house I'm in right now was actually for sale by owner. Um, and so that was absolutely crucial being that I was in uh, my, I bought an old farmhouse basically, uh, hoped to live in it, had a roommate. So I was house hacking again. Um, and then I was hoping to fix it up and flip it. Turned out that I was able to do that, but I didn't really profit any. Uh, it was just kind of a wash. Um, but for me to buy this triplex, I had to sell that. So this uh, sale um, on this triplex was contingent on my farmhouse selling. Awesome. And unfortunately, the farmhouse just, it was uh, uh, late fall through the winter kind of. And so we were really struggling with selling that farmhouse. And luckily, because it was for sale by owner, and I kind of knew the owner, uh, he was able to work with me. And I mean, it took four or five months for us to actually get under contract, get my farmhouse sold, and then get this ready for us to move into. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Another so, sort of creative financing, right? You were able to work with the seller to uh, delay the process a little bit so you could get that sold. Right. And he, I mean, had he had that on the market, um, it would have been gone quick. And yeah. fortunately for me, it wasn't. And he 
he just appreciated my communication. He wanted to do it all himself. He appreciated that I was willing to work like that. I didn't have my license at the time. Uh, so it was for sale by owner and he wrote up the contract. Uh, I had it run over real quick by a local attorney in town. Um, no problems there. And we just made a deal. So, um, yeah, again, just another creative way to look outside the box. Um, it was a pretty, it was in pretty rough shape. Uh, I have some before and after pictures. The unit that we live in now, there was hoarders in here. I mean, trash up to the ceilings, uh, and no new floors. It was basically the old wood baseboard baseboard floors that had been painted over. I mean, my fiance looked and she's like, how are we ever going to live in here? And I said, trust me. <laughs> I said, I said, the layout is perfect. Uh, it has high ceilings. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be gorgeous when we, once we get it done. And so I think that had a lot, a lot to do with it as well. And he had college students up in the two upper units as well too. So I think when he showed the house, the bottom unit was nasty, absolutely horrible. And then upstairs was, five or six college basketball players and so they were loud and so i think people just came in and saw it and got scared well, yeah. I, I, yeah. I just could see it yeah i could see i could kind of vision that value added that i could put into this unit and then the upstairs units as well How it, long showed, did it, it, it kind of shows the vision that you were able to create through the other deals even though maybe that flip maybe didn't give you monetary value i'm sure it gave right. you confidence and vision yeah, absolutely. And that's that's one thing that's helped me on the agent side as well is taking people uh, through houses and trying to show them where value can be added. Um, just because right now there's a lot of houses on the market that just the way the market is, they're inflated in price a little bit. But if I can show people that, uh, you know, there's a closet behind this bathroom that you could easily turn into a half bath or something like that, get some value and then increase the value of your house. I mean, people really appreciate that. They're, and it's amazing to me just because that's how my mind works, but a lot of people can't see that. For sure. How long yeah. did it take you to uh, get everything moving ready? Uh, once we we're under contract, I mean, I had to get moved out of the farmhouse because I had a family buying it. So I was under a time crunch. That was last, uh, last June. And we totally renovated everything in 30 days. Uh, wow. Awesome. While we were like trying to semi live in it, it was, did you do it all yourself? Uh, for the most part. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, is, you know, you can hire a general contractor and do it that way. And, uh, I've had success with clients doing that. Um, but really I kind of ran that portion of it, kind of general contractor slash let's see what we can do. My fiance and I, and some help from my parents, you know, let's paint, let's rip these cabinets out. Let's put the new cabinets in, um, stuff like that. But then, uh, we put in the kind of floating laminate wood looks laminate there. And while that's not entirely hard, uh, I was working a full-time job and I didn't have the time. So I just posted on Facebook, anyone, I went and bought it from Lowe's. Anyone want to install this for me? Guys, I install it at a dollar a square foot, which is unheard of. And awesome. we're, we're in business. Yeah. So, uh, for the most part, yeah, we did it all ourselves, but, um, you know, with working a full-time job, I had to get creative with finding people to kind of come in and do it. Yeah, but so you sometimes, just went to Facebook. Yeah. yeah, sometimes those alternative routes. I mean, some of the plumbing, uh, I have a local plumber in town that has a business and they do nice work and he's always right there on the spot. But 
outside of that, yeah, just going to Facebook and finding handymen that, I mean, once you find some that you can trust, they're usually going to do it for cheaper and they'll work, they'll work their butts off. Those, you find handymen that know what they're doing. I mean, that's a good route to go. Yeah, it's really good to know. Um, when you are trying to find tenants, do you use Facebook as well? Yeah, so, uh, solely Facebook. I posted the one bedroom uh, last month and I posted on Facebook Marketplace and I had about 50 messages within a couple of days. Uh, yep. One bedroom apartment. Uh, Olivet, uh, I live in Olivet, Michigan. It's south of Lansing. Um, it's actually a college town, but it's a really small college. So you get a lot of college kids looking for a one bedroom. Plus, you get some uh, people that are commuting to like Lansing uh, to work as well. So I had, yeah, had a lot of success with Facebook. Really, never needed to go outside of that. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was my experience too. I had sixty-five messages on Facebook and never looked yeah. anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, you know, some people get scared with investing and having that mortgage payment on a duplex. Maybe what if I can't find tenants? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm biased, but I've just never had that problem. I've always had people trying to knock down the door and get into these rentals. I mean, I, I just, I don't see not being able to find tenants. Especially since you rehab them, and as I've, right. I've seen a little bit of your work, you do really good work. You, you, you know, you put out a quality uh, room, and and him and I do as well with all of our units. And yeah, you, know, you just get a good quality tenant, and you never have an issue. Uh, I've never had an issue. I know he hasn't either. Yeah. Uh, we're in yeah. good markets as well, but just with finding tenants, kind of like you. Yeah, ex exactly. I mean, you screen them, obviously, um, but yeah, you just put a good quality product out there. Honestly, all the stuff that I did to my unit, our unit looks, I mean, my fiance is amazing decorator and helped out a ton, um, but no, the flooring cabinets, nothing in our unit is high end, but the way that we stage it and the way that it looks, it looks very high end. So when we move out, you know, getting 800, if not more for this, it's technically a three bedroom, but really a two bedroom unit. Um, I don't think I'll have a problem forgetting that. And you know what? It's just, it's being a little bold on some paint colors occasionally, you know, doing that. It's being a little modern, you know, white cabinets, gray countertops. It's just, it's knowing how to make that unit look desirable. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yep. Now, uh, go, going forward, I know you're an agent as well and an investor and you got a new mm -hmm. uh, career you talked a little about. What are some of your uh, long-term goals? You know, I know you, you have, you're potentially moving into a new house with your family. Uh, what does that, what does some of that look like? Are you gearing up to become a full-time agent or? Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of in limbo. Uh, we'll see uh, where, where I'm going. Uh, like I said, I have a new career, a uh, full-time position that I'm taking that uh, significantly increases my pay, uh, which I'm excited about, obviously, uh, because more money, but I'm also excited because uh, I'm hoping to just live uh, like we've been living and take that extra money, start storing it away, um, and then wait until the next opportunity. Um, I can't say I'm actively looking for a rental just because I am looking maybe for a single family house and awesome. uh, buying both really isn't in the cards for me right now. But uh, I don't want to be one of those guys where you know the market's going to crash, the market's going to crash. But I do think it will take a dip. Uh, and right now, I'm, my biggest goal is to just save up cash, and when I find opportunity, uh, just jump on that. 
I don't know what that opportunity will be. I'd really honestly love to find a flip um, just because it's a little different. I think it'd be a good experience and uh, some quicker cash uh, versus a long game uh, cash flow might be nice for me as well right now. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Is that a, so that's a nine to five job? Yep. I'll be working. And I, that's why I have now, uh, but like some okay. different opportunity, uh, big career step for me. And yes, it's a nine to five job. And so I, I've always had a nine to five, um, but it's just in my nature, I guess, to when I get out of work, I'm working real estate and trying to find okay. deals or work in the agent side of things. And Do you find it difficult to be, to work with clients as a real estate agent with a nine to five? Well, some people, you know, I don't really position myself as an agent any less than a full-time agent because frankly, I mean, I'm working an office job and not that I want to be working real estate on company time all the time, but if someone calls me and I'm at the office, I can usually either answer or quick text, text them back or, you know, our, we don't work as a team in our real estate office, but, uh, we're very, we're all from the same community. We know each other. So uh, if someone needs to help me out and run a client to a house, uh, no big deal. Uh, and with technology and everything, I, I've just always had enough time, I guess. And awesome. so we'll see with this new position, but I'm hoping that I don't have to, uh, I don't have to back down too much. I mean, I think at first I will, but I'm just really starting to enjoy the agent side of things, um, especially listings. I mean, that's, if you're an agent out there, it's all about listings. I mean, it's, it's one easier. You don't have to run buyers uh, around all the time. It's two. You have the chance to get both sides of the deal because you're taking the listing. So you're going to get that 3% and then you have the opportunity to try to bring in a buyer. Um, And then three, it's marketing. I mean, I use high end photography on all my listings. Um, It just, it makes you look like an agent that's well put together. You know what you're doing and people just flock to success really. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's great. Awesome. I'm sure you've got a lot of contacts and connections uh, from being an agent as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's just opened up a lot of doors. Uh, if you're going to use your license and you like real estate, I just, I think it's a no brainer almost. I mean, it's, I, it's just fun for me to have my license, honestly, because I never know the next time someone's going to need help. And I mean, next thing I know, it could be a $150,000 house excuse me, sell that. And after my split and everything, you know, that's three, three grand paycheck or something like that. And that's all from probably writing up a contract for a friend that wants a duplex or something. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. So, so it's, it's just been a way to really boost my income uh, outside of the rentals and the nine to five kind of. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Sounds like you're a hustle like we are. Oh yeah. Like yeah. Well, we so, try. Yeah. We try. Yeah. You might have just convinced me to get my license. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always joke with people in my office because the phone will ring and we kind of rotate who answers it just because you never know what the lead will be. And we always joke, well, is, that, is that the million dollar house, Colin? Who's who's getting the million dollar listing? You know, you never know. It just could yeah. always come through. Just like awesome. my mom sent me a lead uh, from a, a teacher that she used to teach with. She's retired now, but uh, this teacher's going through a divorce. And so they had lunch, found out they were selling the house and boom, next thing you know, I'll have a listing uh, up here in the next week or so for about a $375,000 house. That's awesome, man. Good for that's you. Amazing. Yeah. For you. Yeah. Yep, for you. Absolutely. And that's, that's not even saying anything credit to me. Like that's solely that lead came from my mom. I mean, the, obviously the friend had to respect me enough and trust me enough to list her house, but that's just because I have my license. So just word of mouth. 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I do marketing as well, uh, a lot on Facebook and stuff like okay. that. Um, and that's been fun for me too. I have my degree. I, I have a degree in marketing, and so that's allowed me to kind of get back to some of my like marketing roots and really use Facebook and social media in like a true marketing sense as well. Whereas if you're an investor, I mean, you're not really marketing anything. Maybe your properties when you need to sell them or when you need to rent them out. But as an agent, like it's all about getting leads. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Now, now I know you read a lot like we do. Um, yeah. So, uh, what what is some of your your favorite business book in particular? Maybe, um, not, maybe not real estate related, but business or mindset or. Yeah. So uh, that was a tough one for me, just because I most of them are real estate books. But uh, I went back to it's actually not a business book. I think it's might be in the self help. Kyle, if you went to Barnes and Noble, but it's called Mind Gym, uh, okay. and it's by Gary Mack, and it's I read it in high school actually. Uh, I played a lot of sports in high school, and just was kind of a hothead in a sense. <laughs> and so, uh, Mind Gym is just really—he's a sports psychologist, and it just takes your mind and just. It totally reworked how I viewed everything. And I think I read it junior year and senior year. I was just a completely different athlete in terms of just staying calm, cool, collected. Um, it, I mean, it just changed how I view life, business, everything, competition. Um, I would highly, well, I'd highly suggest it for any high school athlete or college athlete or anything like that. But I think it can translate a lot to business as well. That's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna check that out. Um, what's your favorite real estate book? Uh, I mean, it's the foundation. It's Rich Dad Poor Dad. It's <laughs> if if you're in real estate and you haven't read that book, then I you you just have to. Um, that was uh, when I found out that I was having my daughter. Um, I don't know how I came across that book, but I came across that book. And at that time, I was not a reader. Um, I'd read my college textbooks when I had to, but I wasn't a reader. And I picked that book up, and I think I finished it in like three or four days. I mean, it just sucked me in. And then after that, that's that's when I found the first single family. That's when I found the opportunity for the next student rental. Um, it just, yeah, that book is that, that book changed my life. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. It's same here, man. That yeah. was that was one of the first books I ever read. Uh, in this game as well. Incredible book. Incredible book. Kiyosaki yep. is an incredible author as well. Well, yeah. And I just, I mean, I go back to the basics and so so many people are misinformed about housing and houses and stuff like that. And just, you know, like that's why it's so hard for me to go look for a single family right now because like I, I know that that's a lie. <laughs> that's a liability. Unless I'm house hacking and bringing in money, that's why I've never had a house where someone <laughs> isn't paying me rent for seven years. It's a liability, and that people just don't understand that. And so anything that I do, I'm trying to have it be an asset, whether it's a rental mm -hmm. or you know. That's why I picked uh, Exit when I was looking for a brokerage because you know we can sponsor people in, and then uh, we get ten percent of their. Uh, gross commission if they're one of our sponsors, not out of their pocket, but it comes from corporate. So, you know, I think of my sponsors that I sponsor in is almost like rental properties because anytime they sell, that's money that I'm getting that's passive income. And so, that's awesome. yeah, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, man, defining an asset and a liability, that just, it's crazy that I never thought about that until that book. 
Yeah, it's something so simple too. And you're like, how did I not even know this? And then you read the book and like, it's just eye opening. It, yeah. It's yep. amazing. I, I tried to, and that's, I try to explain that to uh, friends and family as they're looking to invest. I just, I try to get that investor Robert Kiyosaki mindset. If they've not read the book, I try to really explain that to them and make them understand, you know, that you can be buying this lake house and you could even get it for a good value and then do some renovations and have some equity in it. But at the end of the day, that's still, that's not going to, that's not going to get you ahead in life. I mean, that's not a great buy probably. For sure. Right. For sure. Yeah. Well, well, Grant, we appreciate you coming on here. You added a lot of value. Um, the, the whole house hacking concept is changed our life. I know it's changed your life. Yeah, and absolutely. it sounds like you've been doing it for a long time, man, seven years, you know, kind of hustling no matter what you were doing. You always had that idea, probably the same way I did with Robert Kiyosaki and, and house hacking and, and uh, you know, his books that really just changed our lives. All the yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I, there's not been a time in the seven years where and I've lived I've lived five different places in those seven years and it's always had a roommate or tenants or something like that. So yeah, house hacking definitely has changed my life. And I'd leave you with this as just an agent and knowing that the financing is easier and is there. If you're looking to get into real estate in any shape or form, buy a duplex, live in one side, rent out the other, change your life. Absolutely. It'll change your life. Absolutely, man. And as a last question before we uh, get you out of here, I know you're an agent uh, in Lansing in Grand Rapids area. Yeah. Uh, how can someone get a hold of you if they're looking for an investor-friendly agent or just some advice or uh, get some insight on the market? Because those two markets there are great markets in Lansing and kind of Grand Rapids area. And I know you're down a little bit south of there, but um, how can somebody get a hold of you? Yeah, Contact. absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'd love to talk to anyone, whether they are a client and we go out and try to find them a duplex or something or whether they just want to get some information on the investing side, but, uh, yeah, Grant Snyder, uh, S N Y D E R is the last name and exit great lakes realty. So, uh, if you look that up, Facebook's usually the easiest. I post quite a bit on my page. I'll post, uh, you know, investing stuff, but I'll also do a lot with the single family, but Grant Snyder exit great lakes realty. Look me up. Like I said, I'd just be happy. Anytime anyone wants to talk real estate, I don't care if it's going to bring me any type of monetary value uh it's just good to keep educated good to keep these connections right here uh you never know when the next deal is going to be out there that's awesome man. very good that's awesome we appreciate your time and we appreciate you coming on the show Thank yeah you, Greg. Thanks. yeah thanks guys i appreciate it good luck with everything you guys do too yeah and good luck with that house you go check out later today awesome yeah thanks guys hey everyone thanks for tuning into the house hacking success podcast you can follow us on instagram at house hacking success or visit our website at househackingsuccess.com. To join our email newsletter, text HouseHack to 22828. That's HouseHack, all one word, to 22828.